voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff. But some people are just better at not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. My guest this week is Victoria Smith, or Tantric Witch. She is a somatic sex coach, which basically means that she helps people learn how to have sex and masturbate better. I'm sure that um, I probably knew that I wasn't masturbating as effectively as I could, but um, I didn't really know that you could ever really do it wrong. And then talking to her, I realized that this is so much bigger than just the idea of masturbating. Um, This is about becoming more in touch with your body and the way your body works and how your body processes emotions. And holy shit, it was mind-blowing. I knew this on uh, one level because when I teach people Muay Thai, I realize that most of the people that struggle with this skill are the ones that seem to have a pretty major disconnect between themselves and their body. And obviously it makes perfect sense if you're trying to do a physical action and you don't have very good connection to your body. It's really hard to tell if you're doing it right or not. And I never realized that by having a disconnection to my own body um, was probably having a major impact on my ability to connect to myself or other people emotionally and physically. But there's so much shame involved in it, especially for me. I don't fucking know what, I don't know what's wrong with me. And at risk of being an overshare or this whole podcast, I probably said way too many things that no one should ever know about me ever. (laughs) Um, So if you're related to me, you just probably go ahead and turn this off right now. And if you're not related to me, but you want to be, you know, sorry. I'm sorry I'm not as, as sexy as you might imagine. Or maybe I'm sexier than you imagine. Maybe you really get turned on by somebody cowering in the corner and crying after sex. I don't know. That's an exaggeration. Give me a try, you know. We could cry together. (laughs) Anyways, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, If you'd like to participate in one of her sex circles, I've got, fuck, I keep calling them sex circles. They're not. It's not a sex circle. It's a circle jerk. It's a self-pleasure circle. And it's not really a circle jerk. That's a real crass way of calling it. Pretty much, basically, she helps teach you how to reconnect to yourself in a loving, powerful, and a beautiful way. I'm just too much of an ashamed psychopath that I can't talk about these things with maturity because when it comes to sex, I get sweaty palms and curl up in a ball. Um, if you want to go and do one of them, she's got the seminars are starting in October. She's doing a month long course and I've got all of the links to that on my Facebook page, my website and, uh, my Instagram page. And I'm going to be doing one that's not a four week course at some point in November. And then we're going to do the podcast again afterwards. So you can hear all about what it was like for me to masturbate with a bunch of other people in the same room as me. So that's it. Hope you guys have had a great week. Hope you enjoy the conversation. And if you like this conversation or any of the ones that we do, please do, by all means, share the podcast, like it, tell your friends, subscribe, whatever, so that more people can hear uh, this shit that I'm trying to get up to.
<laughs> Thank you so much for coming to do my podcast. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Um, I was really excited when Lisa told me that you existed. She told me about your doing the self-pleasure circle mm. and I immediately everything in the inside of me just curled up into an icy ball really I could I, <laughs> I just could not imagine yeah. mm. getting into a room with anyone mm. I'm like I'm too ashamed to even masturbate in my own house by myself wow yeah yeah it's pretty common mm. why why are we so ashamed yeah. of this shit well from like the work that I've been doing it's very much about like for one our sexual energy is our strongest life force energy Right? And what's happening when we're being with our um, sexual energy is we're actually processing a lot of emotion. Mm. So it's actually not really the sexual energy that we're scared to be alone with. It's, it's, the, it's the emotions that, are coming, uh, that come up when we fully allow ourselves to be in them. Okay. Whereas when, we, when we're with somebody else, it's, we can use like adrenaline and things like that to sort of like move past them. Yeah, so you, yeah. you, like a lot of people, when they are about to orgasm, they tend to hold their breath. Mm. And then they send all their energy down in towards their genitals and then they have a tiny little orgasm, right? Yeah, and okay. what's happening with um, the way that I'm teaching self-pleasure is like we're learning how to be with all the emotions and use that emotions to be the currency of our sexual energy. So when we start to do that, it starts to move through our whole body. Fuck. And it brings up a lot of stuff, but that's the purpose of it. And it can be quite confusing because it's like once we... It's like a really incredible tool to like move through all your emotions that are there. It's like I, I describe it as almost like a meditative practice. Yeah. So when we sit down in the morning, we meditate for an hour or something. What's happening is a lot of stuff is just moving through us. So we're not, we don't get attached to thoughts. We don't go into the thought and start creating stories about the thought that we have. Yeah. We just allow it to move through. And this is the same with the, with the sexual energy, except for we're doing it with emotions. So instead of getting caught up in like, oh, I'm really sad and I need to cry or whatever, we just allow maybe the tears to come up. So often, like, you know, when we're having sex, well, really great sex, everything's welcome, right? Tears and screaming and sound <laughs> and everything, right? <laughs> That's what great sex looks yeah, like. Yeah, I always cry when I'm having sex. <laughs> Very normal. <laughs> Usually at the end and I look over and I go, who are you? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> No, I, I honestly, because I, since I quit drinking, mm. I haven't actually even like ever, I, I never have sex with anyone mm. ever anymore because it, I mean the whole process of like going to a bar, talking to somebody, even mm. just getting over my own bullshit to try and even mm. like start a conversation with someone. I just don't, I just don't even bother. Yeah. So it never happens. So I don't even know, like I'm so far removed from that feeling that I don't even know what it feels like to have mm. sex now. Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing there is vulnerability. Yeah, terrified. It's like we're totally avoiding the vulnerability a lot of the time. And that's what I think people are so, like, you know, I say this all the time. People would be would rather be seen, like, burying a dead body than be caught <laughs> masturbating. Like, that is the truth. <laughs> like, oh, it's such a worry, me. right? And oh, it's such God. a natural thing to do. And we all know that it's natural. And we're all doing it. Let's yeah. face it, you know. Like, everybody's doing it. Yet we don't. Funny. Yeah, like, but they don't want to talk about it. And, like, what I'm finding is, like, is that that shame piece of, like, being caught in your most rawest form mm. you know because that's what uh, like masturbation and sex is it's like you in your rawest purest form yeah yeah um so this is why people are like when they people come feel like they need to get drunk to have sex and things like that it's because they don't want to deal with the vulnerability of the dropping in and you say i still i work as a sex coach as well so i'm dealing with a lot of like um couples who have had the intimacy like sort of fade away in their relationship mm. and that's because once the adrenaline's gone they're then stuck with actually having to be vulnerable with each other mm. and being vulnerable with the person that you spend every single day with is one of the most intense experiences which is why people struggle to 
like get to get it together and have sex and feel intimate Why with Why does partner. that happen with people, do you think? Mm. Like, have you noticed a common thread? Yeah. Uh, in, what, what is it? Um, so, I mean, basically what's happening is, um, like, again, vulnerability. When we're moving through to everyday life and people start to create what what they, like, they get to know each other as this is my personality, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with the, with the human state is it's so complex and it's constantly moving and fluctuating. And it's like if we if something if something's coming up for us where we feel like crying, we don't want to be seen as vulnerable or weak or these other labels that society attaches to people who maybe cry or something, right? Yeah, or yeah. that are angry, you know, don't want to be too angry, don't want to push this person away. And the more the attachment builds in the relationship, the more we don't want to show too much of ourselves because there's so much hanging mm. on the attachment in that relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's one main thread, but there's a lot of different things that are coming up, which is why it's such a like a an epidemic of uh, issue. So and, and isn't that funny too because like they're the one person that you want to be the closest to, but because mm. of that, because mm. you've decided to put them inside your life and be stuck with them, yeah. you push them further away constantly. You're just constantly building bricks around yourself yeah. because it means too much or something. I get mm. it a little bit Kind of like what we were talking about just before we turned the mics on. Like I get it a little bit with my artwork. The more I need it to be mm. something, the less it works for me yeah. because I'm trying too hard to put like whatever this internal need is onto something else, you know? And it's mm. like when you're, tr- you're hanging out with someone and you suddenly decide that, oh wait, they're actually kind of cute. Like I'm kind of into them. Mm. Then suddenly it means something more and yeah. you immediately start shutting down. Mm. How do you break through those barriers? self-pleasure circle (laughs) (laughs) you knew that was coming masturbation (laughs) yeah so like the what's happening at the self-pleasure circle is like these women are coming to a space with a bunch of women who they've never met before Mm. and i'm like teaching them the process of how to be with their emotions the other thing is with with all the emotional states that we're hiding from our partners is we have no idea how to be with our emotional states yeah fuck so like what's happening is like we grow up in life and we get told you know don't cry in public or don't be angry you know don't let anyone see like the real you basically we have to walk around with these masks all the time and like be these little robots that go to work and make everyone happy and be chirpy all the time and it's just not that's not the human experience it's like the human experience is all of that it's the spectrum of joy and sadness and fear and anger all of it and that's what that's what great sex looks like yeah when all your emotions are welcome into the space and you can just ride through all of it and like and that's how you would get your full body orgasm like you start to allow those emotions to move through your whole body instead of like trapping them down and that's how you get to go to do anything in life it's like and this is why i say like this self-pleasure circle creates success in every area of your life because wow. you know like things like um like public speaking for instance right public speaking is one where people often feel a lot of fear when they feel that fear that it comes down into their body, sometimes in their gut, and then they're like, okay, well, no one here in this room can know that I have fear, so I'm going to hold it in my gut and hold it in this little part of my gut. Yeah, and yeah. so, and what I encourage is like, what if we allowed that fear just to travel around our whole body? Hmm. You know, literally send the energy from that fear and allow it to move around your whole body. It, become, it can become really orgasmic because fear, when it's brought into balance, is actually just excitement and, you know, that like yeah. nervous, beautiful energy that gets you hyped up in a heightened state so that you can deliver an incredible speech. Wow. So it's actually like that fear is not your enemy. That fear is your friend. Do you feel, I, th- I feel like almost if I let it come up, then it's going to come into my head and I'm going to mm. lose my head. I feel like that's a lot why I push it mm. down because yeah. I want to control this space. And so whatever is going to be impacting mm. my ability to use my brain, I have to push mm. everything down below it. Yeah. So this is the piece around embodiment and another reason why the self-pleasure circle helps that because there is no separation between your brain and your body. Yeah, and okay. what's happening is um, so often in life, in relationships, in self-pleasure, in sex and all that, 
what's happening is people, we have an emotion in our body and we start to travel towards that emotion. And instead of getting into that emotion, actually being with that emotion, we just kind of like look at that emotion from the outside. Yeah. Instead of actually getting intellectualize it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I'm having an emotion now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not how emotions work. Emotions are there to be felt. That's what they want. That, and that is often like the crux of it. And it's like, how do we get, and what I'm actually teaching people is the tools to how to be with your emotions. Yeah. Okay. And that's when it becomes like a meditative practice because that's what you're doing in meditation without realizing it is you're learning how to be with yourself so that you can take that practice into the rest of your day. Yeah. Well. So what I'm teaching you in self-pleasure, it's not like every time you have fear from doing public speaking or something, you've got to go and like <laughs> get into the bathroom and have a little masturbate. Like that's not what it's about. It's about like having that time on your, I do. I usually do this on yoga mat. So it's like taking it to the yoga mat and it's like a devotional practice. Like I used to say it's like a discipline, but it's more like a devotional practice because it's not the discipline of going to the mat. It's like how, once you realize that you're actually devoting yourself to you, to you and learning how to be with your emotions. I think in the beginning it feels like discipline for people because it's like being with our emotions is so not common. Yeah, yeah, and hard. Yeah. That's interesting, man. I've never thought about that because when I teach Muay Thai, I, I do lots of little um, drills with people to teach them how to reconnect to their body mm-hmm. because most of the time people that use their bodies don't know how to use it the way that it's designed to be mm-hmm. used. They just kind of use it by habit. And a lot of it, we have muscle atrophy. So we're not, you know, I, I like me, my posture, just the way I'm sitting, the way you're doing anything, you kind of are just a bit lazy because mm-hmm. your muscles have just kind of got tired. So I teach people to reconnect to their body so that they, when I say roll your hip over, they understand what that means from the inside. Mm-hmm. You can say, I can say roll your hip over, but if you don't have any connection to your hip, that's not going to happen. Like you you won't even know. And if you're just, if all you're thinking about is just throwing a kick up, that the hip is not going to move. But once you understand what it feels like to move your hip over, Mm. then you'll do it. Yeah. And that's so interesting because I, in the same way, like I don't have any connection to my physical body myself Mm. sexually at Mm. all. And I've always felt like this too. Like when I have sex with other people, and I think it's it's definitely probably a vulnerability thing, but I am so concerned with being good mm. at it that I'm not even there. I'm not mm. even, and I'm always like watching them to like, am I doing okay? Is this is this good? You know what I mean? So I'm not. I have no experience of actually having sex with people at all, mm. and I've always thought like, oh fuck, I just don't. I'm not connecting with people. So it took me a long time. I either needed to be fucking hammered drunk or with somebody that I liked. Mm-hmm. And so then that always ended up in a in another sticky situation because I really like this person, so then it means too much. Mm-hmm. And I can't just relax and let go and be myself because it means too much. I need them to like me too. Mm-hmm. And so I bring so much mental mm-hmm. nonsense into the whole situation. And I just always thought, oh, I just don't connect to people sexually. It's better. I feel an emotional connection doing things like this. Like I love to talk to people. Yeah. And this I don't feel vulnerable in. I feel really good. I can talk about really a huge amount of like mm. probably scary or shameful things and it never bothers me. Mm. But as soon as it comes to getting naked with another person, I'm fucked. Mm. Yeah. And this is like this piece around like we, you can train your intellect, mm. you know, so that you've mm. like, you've done a lot of work on your brain and you're a very smart person. So it's easy for you to drop into, into how to be with somebody in the intellect. Mm. And it's like once, you know, it's learning to trust our bodies in the same way as we trust our minds. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, there's like, we think there's a lot of separation, but there really isn't. But the thing with the embodiment that I'm teaching is like, it's about trusting in that like feminine flow, which is so much more subtle than the directness of the brain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, so what mm. kind of stuff do you teach people? 
Mm, so it's really about like again how to connect to yourself is the main one mm. then the second part of this is like um dropping into the womb space how do you connect to your womb which is like the female intuition okay so i i do do self-pleasure circles for men and women and i have one coming up in november so, but that's got a different flavor that's more about like the collective society um you know how do we shed the the gender wars how do we shed in both men and women together yeah. in the same room yeah, oh yeah. wow yeah so i've done a few of those now in the gold coast and i've got one coming up in november and um so what it's what's happening is like we're learning to come back to erotic innocence through the men and women one Mm. but the one that i'm doing with just women is like how to really connect to your embodiment and how to start to trust your intuition how to like how to be in your intuition and how to be in your body in a world that is very predominantly masculine very like driven and results driven and goal driven you know these are the things that we're, we're finding so it's actually so much of what i'm teaching is like ancient lost um you know, wisdom basically. Yeah. And even like women self-pleasuring in circle, like this, this is like an ancient practice, you know, it's from like the times of the witches, which is, you know, tantric witch. Right. So, (laughs) so like, this is all like, this is what the women that know, like it's, it's, it's very much like how do you, how to connect to your magic? Mm -hmm. Cause that's actually what the world wants from you. Ultimately, like we, you know, we, we, we get taught, we get brought up in school to how to be employee, how to be the best of, you know what I mean? How to follow other people's dreams. And then as we get older, we start to realize that what we really want is to follow our own dreams. Mm. But how do you even get in touch with your dreams? How do you even know what your dream is unless you're in touch with your body and your own intuition? Yeah. yeah, And like, and that's also, and it's also like how to trust your own education. Like a lot of what I've been learning has been like I've read all the books you can ever read about sexuality and I've done like all the studies and I've been to all the courses and now it's got to the point of what I'm bringing through is like my own intuition, my own inner knowing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, it's like, I've got all the information, I've got all the intellect stuff and now how do I drop that into my body? And mm. now I'm teaching from that space. Yeah. Cause that's a funny yeah. thing. Like if you think you're doing so, obviously we know that the brain is so easily fooled into thinking that you want something or need something, but it's not actually what you really want, but it's so hard to hear that little voice often behind yeah. this big intellect voice. And, mm. and because we are, as you say, so driven by our brains. But I think like a lot of times we go follow, like start pursuing a path because that's what we think we want and we're really on it. That's really what we want. But then we'll start self-destructing and you're not sure why. Like, why is it? I th- This is really what I wanted. But maybe right now I feel like procrastinating or I'm self-destructing or you really want to be with somebody, but then you start bringing in some bullshit and like driving them away and you don't really know why. Yeah, totally. And is it, and would you say that that's a probably a common cause of not actually being in touch with what you really wanted in the first place um bit of both like I think that what's happening that self-sabotage pattern that you're talking about is a huge one I deal with so I'm smiling so much when you're talking about (laughs) it because I talk about how do you get out of your own way like yes, I talk about how to, what the whole podcast is about. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. So this is like this piece around like what's um what is that self-sabotage pattern? How do you, you know, every moment, so the like I'm going to get a little bit sciencey now, but every moment the frontal cortex makes a decision mm-hmm. to drop back into trauma and past experiences that have triggered us or to create um, or to move into the future and start manifesting the, the reality we want. Mm-hmm. Because actually if we're going to get spiritual, there's no like time is not linear. Right. Yeah. Right. So everything that's happening is like it's all happening at once, basically. And that's why, you know, actually a lot of what I deal with with women in the self-pleasure circle is like they're coming to connect with with a partner and then they're dropping back into, you know, a time where they've been violated because, you know, we know from the hashtag me too movement, like pretty much 99 percent of women I've ever met pretty much 
probably 99.9 of women I've ever met have had has been violated in some way you know and that's not like war on men and it's not Mm. war on the genders at all it's just like a product of what's happening in our society and that's a lot of what I deal with in the in the mixed gender circle but um what's happening with women is that they're when they're coming into contact with a partner they're then dropping back into past triggers past traumas and they're not actually able to stay in the present moment and actually be in their body so they're either going into freeze um fight or flight yeah, wow. yeah, so that self-sabotage pattern is what's happening. You're actually, people are dis, disassociating from their bodies mm. and going into other stories. Fuck, do you know, I had like a really intense moment of that. When I was up in Darwin, I had, um, I was with somebody at the time and fucking loved him. He was such a, like an amazing person, probably not the right mm. person for me, but just a mm. really good person. And I felt finally for the first time in a long time, I'd been single for a long time. I finally was with this guy for a while and... I was starting to relax a bit more and just be mm. more myself and trying to like let go with him. One time we were having sex with each other and then I was like done. I just, in my head, I was kind of like, oh, I just don't, I'm not feeling this right now. I'm done. Mm. But I didn't stop it because I just I was so used to over so many years constantly just having sex with people for the sake of doing it mm. because I knew that I was, that's what I was supposed to do and I was supposed to like it. Like I didn't know how to masturbate until I was 20 and so I never even had an orgasm. I had been having sex for five, what, five years before then and never had one mm. single orgasm, never even knew what that felt like. So I was just having sex because that's what mm. I was supposed to do and because it's normal and it feels nice to be held by somebody, I guess, but... I when I think about like I actually have the image of a man like putting a dick into me and it feels like like repeatedly putting a coat on a hanger like that's just mm. how it feels to yeah. me it just doesn't like there's nothing much to it um except for the niceness of having somebody's arms around you you know like that feels really nice and being kissed and being held but um so I was so in the practice of just getting through it that I just kind of like sat there and just let it continue on and I was moving with him and obviously working with him I didn't he wouldn't have cottoned on to it at all Mm. but then I I just like all of a sudden out of nowhere I just got this like violent hatred towards everything just any physical touch just made me feel like and I don't it came absolutely out of nowhere Mm. and so I just kind of like got him off of me so it wouldn't hurt him or anything but I just I wanted to like rip his head off pretty much and he this is a person I loved and Mm -hmm. I just all of a sudden I just was like fuck I just need a minute Mm -hmm. and I just was sobbing crying and I was Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I just have to go I and I just went out for a little walk and it obviously hurt him really bad because he's going what what the fuck did I do did I hurt Mm -hmm. you and I was like no you've done nothing nothing Mm -hmm. happened I don't know what it was but as you say it was like I literally went into this normal pattern and it was just all too much and who knows I don't actually have any idea what's ever happened to me in my past there are some strange moments that I can't remember the end of I remember getting into a situation and then don't know how I got out of it so then it's either I've repressed something yucky that happened or I got out of it and nothing happened and so that it wasn't worth remembering either way at that moment I was just like fuck there's something deep inside me that needs to be heard but I have no idea how to get this thing out yeah well that's um, one of the other things that we're teaching the self-pleasure circle is like how to have your own boundaries because oh, what I'm yeah. he- what I'm hearing there is like you you're you weren't listening to your body in that moment, and you were like, oh no, this is what he wants from me, or this is what this is normal, this is what people in society do, right? So there's a lot of that happening, and mm. there's a, like if we talk about consent rituals, 
that is not taught in schools and we should have been taught that when we were like five but you know we see yeah. a lot of this side people going no you've got to kiss your auntie jojo or whatever like you know we get taught that we have to do things that are past our comfort zone yeah like, you yeah. must kiss your gross uncle you know <laughs> like no that is not okay we should not be forcing children to do that but the point is is that stuff is ingrained into us mm. from such a young age yeah wow you know it's so sad that that is so far like pushed onto us and what I'm yeah like what what I'm basically teaching is like how to gain into that wisdom of knowing what you want because actually Mm. it takes a while for you to sort of drop in and go okay am I okay with this am I doing this for them or am I doing this for me am I doing this because of what I think I have to do Mm. you know is this basically the bottom line is is this coming from fear or is this coming from love yes in every single moment and that's been a huge one that I've found that all women need to like drop into what we think we should do and what we have to do to be a woman yeah. or be a good girlfriend or be the perfect wife or any of those things versus what we actually want. Yeah. Because we're so taught that we don't want to be too difficult or too dramatic or too emotional and all these things because, like I said, we're living in a super masculine world, but it's like there's this part of us that we're just blocking out all the time. Hmm. And like once we actually drop into that, that's when we find our power. Yeah, wow. So I guess what I'm teaching women is just like how to, how to drop into your power. How do you find your power in this world where we're never taught it? Yeah, And wow. that is all about having your boundaries. How do you like use your sexuality in a healthy way? How do you drop into your raw sexuality and not have, um, you know, not be told that your sexuality is you in a bikini pouting and doing all that stuff, you know, yeah. not to say that that isn't your sexuality and not to judge that or shame that in any way, because that's perfectly fine. But if it's coming from a place of that's what I've been told it has to be, then yeah. it's not healthy. Or, and, and also, I mean, whether, yeah. even if, and, and I am sure men feel the same way. Like I'm sure they've got, they've, and I actually know, I've, I've talked to a guy who runs um, kind of a thing that, that helps men in general just kind of boost their own life mm-hmm. and get away from their own stereotypes of what they think they're supposed to be. Because they have yeah. it in, a, in different ways, but they absolutely have the same thing. Mm-hmm. But this feeling of like, needing to be something that you think you're supposed to be and mm. not being able to understand where you're, who you are. Yeah. And, and I don't fucking, I, I don't know how you get through that without paying attention to yourself and going through feeling mm. yucky, shitty things and then realizing like, oh yeah, that's not actually what I wanted. Mm. That isn't who I am. Yeah. But um, there was something that I wanted to say uh, to that point. We were talking about, fucking can't remember now. I've <laughs> lost it. It's coming into my brain and out again. Um, but that idea that like, so you get back into your power, you pull yourself back into yourself, and then you can kind of unleash whatever this thing is with, within the inside of you, outside of fear. When you're talking about fear, it's not necessarily fear of being intimate with someone or fear that a man's going to touch you inappropriately or that you're going to be in trouble. It's more like, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be the thing you want me to be, or I'm afraid mm. that I'm not going to be... That's, is that no well that's part of it but i think the deeper fear is like if you as a, like let's say this man starts to touch me that my body i don't trust my body to actually stay in my body and go oh actually that's a no for me that's uh, yeah. what women are dealing with that's the, the common oh, thing that's wow. coming up is our brains are so like um trained to dissociate yeah. So actually the fear is not of the like the predator energy that we see in society like we talk about, yeah. you know that we're all supposed to be terrified of being raped and stuff like that. It's like <laughs> yeah. this is this energy that's coming towards us and the fear is not that this energy is coming towards us, it's a fear that we don't actually like that you know when you see all these scenes of that kind of stuff on the on TV or whatever, the woman is always completely frozen and she's just still and she's not saying anything, she's not screaming, she's not fighting for her life because that's the way our bodies are trained. Yeah. Our bodies are trained to go into dissociation. Mm-hmm. so we don't we just go when we're scared and when we're frightful we just go to fight flight or freeze 
Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, and freeze is one of the most common ones that I'm seeing amongst all women. So actually when you feel, when women are feeling overwhelmed and actually that comes up a lot when women are thinking about coming to the self-pleasure circle, obviously I train a lot, like the first two and a half hours of the circle is like me going into how to train yourself to come, to be back in your body and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like, it's all, you know, it's, it sounds daunting, but it never is in the moment. Mm. And also just I want to mention this as we're on the podcast is that there is no pressure to um, self-pleasure or touch your genitals or be naked in my self-pleasure circles. That goes for the men, the mixed gender ones and for the women ones. Um, yeah, so it's a, like, it's really about the pro the purpose of it is like how to create that awareness of what's going on in your body when you're in these scenarios, because people being in their sexual energy is a really intense, um, energy. Like it's our most strongest mm-hmm. life force energy, which is why we're scared of it, yeah, which is why okay. we're like, okay, I don't want to like, you know, can't go to an orgy cause it's terrifying cause all these people are going to be predatory energy. You know, yeah. we're scared of the predator, not because the predator is scary, but because we don't have our own boundaries in our body. Yes, that yeah. makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Okay. So this is really interesting because it's because what I it does seem to be at the moment is that everybody's like, you know, men have this rape instinct. Men always mm. want to rape men are rapists. And it's kind of like, fuck, you're really missing the point here. That's mm. not it's not about that. Yeah, there is definitely some historical societal shit that gum that mm. comes in with like them being okay or our, our group of humans being okay with pushing past boundaries when even when we can't probably mean no. Mm. But at the same time, I think you're totally right. If you don't understand yourself what you want, mm. then you're not going to know if you've crossed that boundary or not. Mm. And you can't even attract it in. Like, talking, like moving past predator stuff, like we talk about your what you just said about the um, calling in a partner or whatever and having a man that you like. Yeah. And um, it's like how do you get to the point where you, um, you know, when you can actually say like, Oh, I'm going to have great sex with it, with this man in my life. If you're not even like, if you're carrying all that shame and all that energy around mm. even self-pleasuring on your own and also worrying about whether you've been liked. Cause if you're worrying about being liked, then you're in your head and you're not in your body. Yeah, so you're totally. not going to feel any pleasure if you're not in your body. And ultimately that's what the man wants for you is for you to experience pleasure. Mm. That's how he's having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. So it's like this ridiculous, like loop that we're all stuck in. It's just like, how do we move past all of that thought stuff and drop into our bodies. And we're so scared that if we're in our bodies, then we're not going to be able to achieve and do all those things that we want to do. But ultimately, actually, that's when we start achieving what we want because that's when we're in touch with our truth and our message. Mm -hmm. And that's when we stop self-sabotaging because we're actually following our truth and our truth is real. And when we make those decisions, like you said, like, are we self-sabotaging if we're picking the wrong thing? So that you you can't pick the wrong thing. You cannot go wrong. Yes. Like there is no right way to do things. Yeah. You're always making the right decision for you in that moment. So whatever it is, trust it and run with it. And go with it. Because you either have to learn yeah. that you'll learn that aspect mm. of you regardless. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, the, what stops people from doing what they really want to do? Their triggers. Yeah. And that's what I teach people. That's why I say this self-pleasure. I have, do a lot of um, public speaking about self-pleasure for success. People are like, that's crazy. How can I masturbate for <laughs> success? But ultimately what I'm teaching people is how to move past their triggers. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're a CEO of a company and you're not going for like, you know, you're not taking a deal. What's stopping you is the, the emotion that you're going to feel if it fails. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, going to do a, a, a fight or whatever. And the thing that's stopping you from doing it is the fear of failure and what the failure is going to feel like. And the either the sadness, the anger, or, you know, the whatever that feeling is that you don't want to experience is what's stopping you from going to it. Yeah. So what if we could actually process all of our emotions? What if we could actually be with our emotions and be like, that is not good and that's not bad and I'm okay that I'm feeling that emotion? Yeah. Okay. Because we're, we're, there's like four base emotions. We've got fear, anger, sadness, and joy. We are hiding from three of those 99% of the time. Yeah, man. 
Yeah. And, it, and you think that that's just because of social pressure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And it also, yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel nice to be in them, but that's, that's the funny the thing part. too. It's the discomfort. Yeah. Mm. And, and things, things that are really good for you also don't feel great all the time too. I was just talking about this recently in a podcast that like, I think one of the most kind of toxic new memes that came out was this like, just be happy, just be feel good. And it's like, you're not going to be genuinely happy if you don't constantly push yourself through mm. shit that doesn't feel good. Mm. Cause you have to feel that yucky thing mm. to know any kind of good you really and to get that really authentic Mm. genuine Mm. sense of accomplishment you have to go through some shit uh i'm i'm in two minds what you're saying there i think that we don't have to have a disempowering time to feel the human experience so i'm not saying that like that you have to experience like all the depths of your sadness and all these things Mm. to grow or to have to move through life but what i do think is that um you know, like I said, sadness, anger, or fear, they don't have to be bad emotions if we allow them to be in our body and if we have awareness with them. So if we we allow the fear to completely consume our whole being, like so we're shaking, we can't even get out of bed or we can't even, you know, anxiety is so deep in us that we can't even like do anything we want to do in life, that's fear out of balance. Like so we're not processing it, we're not being with it, we're not having awareness of it, we're just being completely consumed by it. Mm. But what I'm teaching is like you don't have to be consumed by those, those uncomfortable emotions that are traveling through your body. You can learn how to be with them. You can learn how to process them mm. and you can learn how to move them through. But it doesn't mean that like there is a belief there like that. Oh, we have to have a, you know, a bad experience to be the full ticket, you know, like to be moving through life how we want to be. But like you said, it, joy, too much joy can be, um, you know, we have those people in our life that are full of beans every single day. What do we think of them? We think fake, yes, <laughs> inauthentic, exactly. you know, yeah. and we don't know how to relate to them. It's like almost yeah. like psychopath energy. Like when yeah, people are too it, joyful. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem logical. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah. and I think it's just as much as a disassociation. Mm. In the same way that if somebody's completely consumed by their own misery and mm. it's just a constant pity party, they're too mm. consumed and they're they're in the false reality yeah. that they've created in a story. And it's the same thing. If you're overly joyful, you are avoiding what's mm. actually going on because there are constant highs and lows. And I agree. Like you don't want to be stuck in that pity party mm. or stuck in the narration Mm. that you're a piece of shit or your world's a piece of shit or everyone's out to get you a a victim especially victim mentality is one of the most toxic dangerous things you can have Mm -hmm. but like to go into something that's uncomfortable see that it's uncomfortable and continue to push forward to work Mm. through whatever Mm -hmm. that discomfort is but you're right though like establishing that boundary first is is so important because Mm. you could be pushing forward like like with me having a fight that I don't want to have for genuine reasons, not because of resistance, but because I really don't Mm. want to be doing it or having sex with somebody that you really don't want to be having sex with, but you're doing it anyway. Like, so there is a real difference there. There's something pushing forward through pain because it's in line with what you really want and it's the right thing for you to grow or pushing forward through pain because you're afraid of something or because you don't want to let someone down or any of that nonsense. That is tough, man. I think that I think a lot of people must struggle with f- figuring out the difference between those two things. Yeah, and it's like the the road to boundaries isn't like when you feel a no, you say no. You know, it's not that simple. There's so much right. more to it. You know, it's because what's happening is actually different centers in our body are giving us different directions. So like I might mm-hmm. be like, I'm like, you know, eighty percent yes to being on this podcast. So there might be a twenty percent no, right? So it's like, how do I 
like really integrate all the centers in my body to know whether this is the right decision for me. Yeah. Or like, for instance, this is a better example because I was pretty 100% to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you have an idea and you want to put it out there, right? And then mm-hmm. like, you, or you want to start a business or something like that. And then you have that thought of like, oh, this is a really great idea. Like people would need this. And then all those flooding thoughts start to come mm-hmm. into your brain. Like, oh no, but I can never do that. I'm not the kind of person that starts a business or, you know, I can't, I've got to make enough money and to get by or mm-hmm. feed the kids or whatever else comes into your brain. All those sabotaging thoughts. It's like, how do you start to get so sure and like create that bias in your mind that you, when you know that you're like hundred percent sure, because the thing is about starting a new business is that you can never be hundred percent sure it's going to be successful. Yeah. And if you've got a really good idea, the chances is that it doesn't actually already exist in the market. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so how yeah, can you know if people like it? And this is what, you know, a lot of it comes up for me. Like when I launched, this, launched the self-pleasure circle, everyone was like, well, that's never going to be a mainstream thing that people aren't going to understand that. You know, there's all these different, um, you know, the thoughts and things that people said to me. And I was like, and it's well, taboo. It's, it's taboo. It's shame. Are you going to attract strangers, weirdos, pedophiles, creeps, mm. you know, something yeah, like hopefully, that. Hopefully so that I can iron them out. Yeah. <laughs> sort them out. Get them off the streets. <laughs> so it's like, well, this is what it is. It's like, how do we move past that fear? Cause that's a lot of what people were saying to me. And actually now, like I've been doing these self pleasure circles for over a year. And what I had to do was create my own market. Yeah. You know, and right. that was like a part of me that was like, you know what I know this this idea and this and what's what is needed is is it's it has to come through society you know what I mean like I need it to be out there and everyone said you know I think you've got to make it like secret and sacred and quiet and I was like well I don't want to keep singing to the choir as in like keep producing mm-hmm. this for the spiritual community right this is about this is like a new paradigm of being you know this is a new way of being where we're all empowered I don't want to leave people behind and this idea of like you know okay all those people are going to be disempowered and then there's this small spiritual community where everyone's happy you know that's not that's not how I see this going you know and that because that can be an echo chamber too you can buy Mm. into your own bullshit a little bit Mm. you know like if you you operate in that cult like I I noticed you had a quote from Osho on your Mm. Instagram one of your Instagram posts and that I mean I've just finished watching that little documentary that they had on Netflix about his um Mm. (laughs) that crazy shit that went down in Utah but there's nothing wrong with what they tried to do. And really, when you actually look at it, you're just seeing like this religious Christian backlash to mm. some people that had some different ideas. They went about it all the wrong ways, obviously, but both of them did. Both of them had this mm. gross resistance. It turned into a battle and it became a war zone. Yeah. But the whole point was, is that you, um, if you go into that cult type of scenario where it's just this tiny little group of people that are constantly reinforcing each other's ideas, you mm-hmm. do you can very easily get off track or start believing that you know everyone else starts believing in something that may or may not be a real thing yeah but the more feedback you have from people that you actually have to get through to like somebody like me who would probably never ever consider doing something crazy like that but just being able to talk to you it's like oh it doesn't seem like that much of a fucked up idea Mm. you know it's actually so much more interesting because I can understand the process of it a little bit more exactly and and it sounds rude to use this word, but I think like a lot of times I'll look at something like that and even just hearing the kind of the language that people tend to use in these spiritual circles, I just immediately go, oh, it's fucking corny. I can't do it. Mm. You know what I mean? I just immediately yeah. shut down because it just seems it's cheesy. It's bullshit. Yeah. And a lot of times I, what I really don't like is when somebody uses this kind of flowery language to talk about something that A, they don't understand themselves yeah. or B, 
they're trying to create a distance between themselves and the world. Like I'm the spiritually, like I'm <laughs> so in tune and you could be like me if you just understood yourself, you know, it's just <laughs> totally. so fucking creepy. And mm. it's like what you're trying to do. And I think you're absolutely on the right track mm. and I'm glad you're doing it is this thing. Like let's bridge that gap, mm. make it. Yeah. It's a, it's uncomfortable and it's weird. And it could be in that little circle mm. of people, but Let's not let, let everyone else yeah. come into it. I mean, I didn't actually, it never was even the case to me. It just like, it just took off. Yeah. Just the momentum started to build. It started to get attention and people started to realize that, you know, the problem is this, that what's happening is if people can feel that the problem is deep and mm-hmm. even like you've said, like, I know that I've got stuff with my, with shame, with sexuality and that pretty much everybody I know has something with sex and shame because of the way we've been brought up. We're all starting to clock into, oh, actually, that's kind of fucked, you know? Yeah. I don't actually feel like the shame that my parents put on me is is real and necessary in 2018, <laughs> you know? And why everyone's already feeling that. so much? Like, why do you mm. think it lives there so deep in us? Or why yeah. do you think that's so strong? Because it's our strongest life force energy. Oh, wow. So the resistance yeah. will be the strongest as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It, and, and because we see the dangers of what sex, like, um, what sex can do mm. and that's the funniest like the catch 22 on that is that you know the more we shut down sex and say no we can't talk about it don't do it don't think about it don't look at it the more you actually like we're creating the yeah. pedophiles the rapists all the stuff that you we're <laughs> terrified of it's just so ridiculous that's why like you know i don't when i teach this stuff it's like i actually don't have a fear of predators or rapists or pedophiles because i can see their journey you know I can see what's happening for them in their in their life and how and like that's just one end of the spectrum that's the biggest end of the spectrum but what about these guys that we see on dating websites that are constantly sending dick pics and things like that right this is an energy that everyone like turns their nose up at like like, oh no I don't want to be involved in that right and but what's happening is you know these men are like going through life they've got all these hormones they've got all this sexual energy coursing through their veins which is really intense and then they've been told no you can't do that which is ultimately like you talk about threads of what's going on. Like this is how I, I work with guys that have premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction, women that have numbness and no arousal. Like these are epidemics in our society and that comes from the culture of, of shame and taboo and all that wow. stuff. Because the more we shut people down around their sexuality, the more they're going to switch off because they've been told it's wrong. Mm. And then when they do get a chance to be sexual, oh my God, I'm just going to ejaculate because I've actually got a small window of time where yeah, I can yeah, be... Or, yeah, exactly, because <laughs> it's so shameful for them. And then the, wow. the onset of premature ejaculation is erectile dysfunction, where, which I'm dealing... You know, I'm not dealing with like men over the age of... 60 or 70, I'm dealing with men in their 30s and 40s or even 20s, yeah, wow. you know, with erectile dysfunction. And that's because there's so, like they've shame has been put on them so much that they're actually not in touch with that area anymore. So if they see, you know, a beautiful person, like man or woman that they find attractive, they get to the point where they're like, okay, that's just art. I'm not allowed to do anything with that. That's, you know, it's not a person that I can interact with. That's just art. Yeah. And especially, it's almost often the more they like the person, the Mm. worse it gets. Exactly. What, um, what do you, have you found a common thread amongst men that have ED that are like, that you can help? Yeah. What is it? Well, basically what what I'm saying, it's all about the shame and just getting, um, getting them out of their way of realizing that that power, that sexual energy that's inside of them they don't have to shut that down and that's okay to feel that. Is it typically life events or is it just a, it's not, a collection over it's, time? It's not even life events. Like it's never, it's not trauma or anything like that. It's yeah, like, wow. it's just how we, we are brought up because huh. they're told that they can't, they, they're told that, you know, that 
they shouldn't go too near to close to women and that women hate sex and that, you know, don't push a woman, don't like, you know, don't do anything to them. So they get to the point where they're like, oh my God, even if I approach her, that she's going to think I want to have sex with her. Yeah, yeah. Like imagine that pressure inside of a man. Like it's like, this is what I'm talking about. Like I just feel the compassion of all, for yeah, all for of sure, the, sure. the souls inside of these people. And so it stops, it's kind of got to the point for me now. It's like, there is no right or wrong. It's just like, what is your conditioning and how do we get you out of your own way? How Again, do you help somebody like that? with erectile dysfunction yeah oh there's a lot of things like there is physical elements as well like i do a lot of but most of it is emotional awareness so do you um like if you could just like kind of talk me through like what's mm. one of your processes like how do you help them do um that? it's really you have to give away your secrets if you oh, don't want no. to but I, I want people to know this yeah stuff. i would like because yeah. i'm just wondering if like if anyone because this mm. would be such a hard thing for someone else to talk to but if they're listening to this and they're kind of like fuck I do that. I get mm. that feeling. Yeah. And I, cause I know a lot of people that are in their thirties that are still in the prime of their life, but men that are just kind of like, yeah, well, fuck it. I guess mm. this is just how it works yeah. now. And if, totally. if they're drinking too much or not enough, they can't mm. get it up. Yeah. Totally. And it sucks, man. It's so sad mm. for them because it, again, I, our idea of what a man is, is this mm. big fucking strong, huge, hard erection yeah. man. Yeah. And if they don't do it, then mm. the worse it gets for them inside their yeah. brain. Well, this is the thing, like, I can't, I can't give you the direct answer of, like, hey, here, just do A, B, and C, and then you're going to be able to get it up again. It doesn't yeah. really work like that. It's a process. Um, I have programs that I take men through, and it's a lot about, like, um, it's like emotional awareness, but it's not like, oh, you need to start crying and feel your rage. It's not like that. It's like, um, how do you start to realize, like, that moment when you're excited and you're happy and you feel like you're going to have sex, and then where's that split second? where all of that changes. Yeah. So I get them into tapping into that thought process of what's happening there. And then we can reverse it from that split. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it is, it's just taking that, it's like turning the mirror mm. inwards, have a look at yourself mm. for a minute at that time. Yeah. Wow. And so do you kind of talk them through it? So like a visualization type no, of thing? No, it's not, it's not visualization, it's not meditation or anything. I do hands-on process as well. So there is a, like, I, I teach men and women, because like I said, a lot of women suffer from numbness and no arousal. Mm -hmm. It's like I teach them different ways through self-pleasure of how to awaken the erectile tissue. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's like different. Oh, cool. Yeah. So this is like a really important thing actually that I teach in both the self-pleasure circles. A lot of the stuff that I'm doing is in coming back to self-pleasure. Wow. Yeah. So wow. it's like how to, how to start to actually do your own therapy basically in your yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing because you can basically, you could practice this anytime you want on your own mm -hmm. just because you can get that feeling of like getting aroused and then see what happens. Mm. Hmm. Well, not everyone can find their arousal though, so it's, there's a few things in there. That's what yeah. I mean. Everyone's so different. So wow. that's why I can't give you a direct answer because mm. every, like, it's a, it's the reason why people don't go to the doctors about it is because it is a complex issue. Oh, and like, you know, Viagra is what they'll give you when you go to the doctors, which is, um, there's a few other options, but they're all pretty scary with surgery and other things. Mm. Um, whereas like, even with older guys, it's really the same, same stuff. Mm. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm yet to come across anyone that haven't been able to help with erectile dysfunction. Wow. Which is hilarious, you know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, hopefully, oh, man, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Because mm -hmm. the, the, yeah, from the medical perspective, it's like, oh, you just need more blood down there. Let's just mm -hmm. throw something in there that gives you more blood. It's, and it's like, it's not it. What's stopping the blood from getting yeah. there? That's what you really yeah, got to figure exactly. out. Exactly, get to the root of the problem instead of huh. just giving this medication. And so, it, do you have a limit on the number of people you would put into a self pleasure circle? Like, do mm. you try and keep them to like 15 people or something like that? So. It doesn't get chaotic. 
well, I had 20 women in my circle last Saturday, so 20, definitely wow. more than 15. God, that's so much yeah. energy going yeah. around in mm. in one room. Yeah. And would you mind talking me through like kind of what goes on? Yeah. So um, in the women's circle, we it's like we we meet in we meet in circle and we start talking about what's brought us there basically, and everyone is similar stuff every time. There's shame. There's lack of sexuality, um, like sexual energy with partners, or there's you know, detachment from the body. There's a lot of like body image stuff. There's a lot of like, just, there's just like the general feeling is there's a deep inner knowing that there's more to their sexuality than what the media, the media is giving you. Yeah. Yeah. Same with men, you know? And you know, in, let's just look at as well. Like pornography has come about in my lifetime. I'm 27 now. So we were like 15 when we got a computer at home and then pornography came into, into everyone's world. So we're the last generation of this age that is, you know, didn't grow up through the, you know, our younger years with, with pornography or the internet or, you know, those sort of fears. So this is why this change is happening now and why it's Mm -hmm. important that we create this change now. Because like the children that are coming through are going to be like, they're going to have an even more extreme version of what's happening. Fuck. Yeah. So then we're moving in circle. We're connecting to what's, what's alive in the group. And then I take, there's a lot of different um, like uh, themes of what I'm teaching one of them is around erotic innocence. So it's like, how do you get back to love? What's yeah. happening is like, um, what if your sexuality had never been tampered with? What if you, you know, when you're running around the garden naked, when you're like three years old, what if someone hadn't said, put your clothes on, hide yeah. yourself, you can't have your vagina out, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're like, I'm a three-year-old, seriously. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why can't I run around with my vagina out? <laughs> I'm a 30-year-old, why can I not? <laughs> well, it's also a great point. <laughs> And it's like, what would it look like if you hadn't had all those messages just like planted in you from, you know, such a young age? And how do we get back to that? So that's like the yeah. theme of it. It's like, and then I've got like these maps where I teach people like what's coming out of it. And it kind of relates to Tantra. And I get people connecting to like the breath, sound and movement that's in their body because that's often what's happening as well with masturbation. Like women are, like I spoke in the beginning, we shut down that energy, send it all down into our genitals so we don't have to feel any of the emotions by holding our breath. And then we're just having that quick clitoris orgasm that feels like nothing. So I'm sort of then teaching. Sometimes it feels like scratching an itch. Yeah. That's honestly how I yeah. feel. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I think I'm just supposed to do this because I need to scratch this itch for a minute. Totally. And this, I'm, I'm have no, nothing bad to say about stress relief orgasms, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, but it's like, what would it look like if we could access all of the pleasure that mm. our body is capable of? Yeah, wow. And actually how scared people are of that. Yeah. Which is crazy because it's like the best experience it's like the you know that's connecting to that source that we're you know that makes us feel whole you know yeah wow so yeah then I teach them about like pleasure anatomy so we go through the all the different how to wake up the erectile tissue down there how to um, start to know what you want how to bring conscious touch to your whole body so that you you know it's that's why I say like you don't actually have to come and touch your genitals at all because by like even awakening the senses in the rest of your body Mm. and learning how to get out of your head and into your body it helps as well so there's a bit on pleasure anatomy there's a bit on like how to to release your emotions so like what are the tools to actually be with your sadness your anger your fear and all that sort of stuff and then the next part is like how do you create the awareness in your mind to notice what's coming up because so often we start we get triggered and by you know maybe a partner upsets us or a family member or whatever and or something at work and then we just feel like we're just so deep in the emotion that we can't even see what emotion we're in. We're just like yeah. so consumed by the fear or the sadness or whatever is there that we don't even know we're in it. So then I teach the piece around the awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of the self-pleasure circle is like when you're in that, I do 30 minutes of self-pleasure and like show them, 
you know, how to connect to their body in that way, what embodiment looks like, that kind of stuff. And then how do you drop into the body in that way? So when you're in that, how do you start to slow down enough to see the the thought that's coming into your mind and how it's creating self-sabotage or how it's getting you out of your experience, how you're dissociating from your body, yeah. all those things. Because that's exactly what's happening when you're having sex. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Fuck. And how long do they go for? So um, the taster evenings are three hours. And then I do a four-week course, which is every Tuesday and starting on the 9th of October um, in the Gold Coast. And that's um, basically like four, three-hour workshops. But that goes more in-depth to emotional synergy like uh the sisterhood stuff so how much like women are actually getting in the way of each other because we think that we're too much or we're not enough and you know there's so much judgment and there's so much like bitchiness and things like that how do we get out of all of that and start creating the paradigm we want to live in in the sisterhood Mm. people have very different ideas about what sisterhood means so i I started to address that it's a massive piece around sexuality because we don't even have the permission to be the sexual being that we are because yeah. actually what we're doing is actually if we be the sexual being we are, we're actually going to lose a lot of our sisters. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. so much fear ingrained into actually being our real like selves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you definitely you don't even want to look sideways because then you're afraid that someone's yeah. going to pick up on it. And it's always a, that, a lot of mm. that shame too. If you're not, if you've got any of those feelings like, oh, he's mm. all right, then immediately it's just shame. Like, oh, no, don't let him see you. If I look at a guy and he looks me back in the eyes, I just look away immediately, like just stare at the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm curious, like why I'm never talking to anyone and never yeah. meeting anybody new. It's because I am mm. fucking terrified of talking to people because yeah. in the inside of me, it is, it's, it's all of that. Mm. Like you're just mm. too afraid to, mm. to make that connection to people. Cause mm. it's like, where does it even fucking go? You yeah. know, like where do I even start with all this? Yeah. And my curiosity would be like, um, obviously I've just met you today. I would re- suggest that you probably have really good relationships with women well do you know i didn't for a long time mm. and this is what we were just because you were about. in the tomboy phase yeah, yeah man yeah. i i i have really good relationships with very few women mm. so i i don't make good friendships with women straight off the bat because mm. i don't tend to get along with with the kind of typical girl Mm. not because I don't like those I I most of the time I just don't have anything in common with with the typical girl I'm not Mm. um I generally tend to get along with boys better because there's a lot less bullshit it's just I just chat shit with Mm. them I can be as raw and stupid and gross and silly as I want to be and I don't feel any shame about it and they usually find it entertaining and funny so we just kind of have banter back and Mm. forth a lot of girls that I talk to like that you know they just don't get my sense of humor or whatever they find me a bit rough but um the few girls that I do know that I have that relationship with I fucking love them Mm. you know like we have a deep deep friendship Mm. that I will do anything for those Mm. girls because we totally get each other on a different kind of level. But when I had, um, I had ayahuasca a while ago, um, or acacia and ayahuasca. And, um, while I was in that trip, that's what I was talking about just before we started recording Mm. that I, ayahuasca showed me that I had whatever resentment I had from my childhood around women or distrust of women or all of that was causing me to completely disassociate from the feminine inside me plus all the women I've ever met and the earth itself, whatever Mm -hmm. feminine energy, if you can use that word, of the entire world, I was completely ignoring and completely pushing away. And so I had jumped into this kind of fighting world, jumped into this, like being an independent artist. I'm an artist. I'm a self-made person. I don't need anyone Mm -hmm. because I was so ashamed of how much I really needed someone. Yeah. 
you know, I really like, I do really want to be loved and love somebody else. I want to be on a team with another person, like have a man in my life that is my best friend, but can live his own life independently, can allow me to live my life independently, but we always have each other's back and we deeply get each other. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess, historically up to this point has felt like too much to ask for. So I have just pushed it all away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just so much disappointment when you meet somebody and you think that they could possibly be that person and it doesn't work that way or you don't feel that connection. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, you just kind of push it all away. Mm-hmm. And I think so, so as far as your question about women, yes, in a way, the relationships I have with women, and I'm getting so much better about it. After I had that ayahuasca, I realized like, oh, fuck. In order for me to heal all of this inside myself and let somebody really see the beauty of me and be the woman that I should be, I have to accept mm-hmm. more. And I've had much better relationships with women since then. Yeah. Um, and my piece, what I'm wondering about with, with women is that I wonder how easy it would be to get on with women if you were to become a very sexual being all of a sudden. You yeah, know? scary. Because that's what happens, you know. Mm. Like we're, with women, we're like, we. this is actually perfectly leading into open relating, which I want to talk about. Yes. <laughs> with what you just shared. It's like, so you talk about like we feel this pressure to meet this life partner, this person that can have a team with us and that um, we can create this bond with. And then once we've got that, it's like this like precious entity that we need to hold on to because this relationship's the best thing and it's mm. what we've wanted our whole lives and then then all the women that are close to you then could become potentially a threat oh god it's right so this yeah. is like how we're dealing with sisterhood right now mm. so you know the second week of that is like how to deal with sisterhood and then i go on to like the womb journey in which is trusting your intuition and then like how to flow through life and marry your masculine and feminine together mm. so that you can be the goal orientated so you can master everything you want to master and not burn out or do any or self-sabotage and all those different mm. things. So that just summarizes my self-pleasure stuff. And then to move on to back to that life partner piece. And actually, I kind of felt it when you were talking about your guy from um, Darwin. Mm-hmm. You were like, you said something that was, um, he was an amazing guy. He wasn't the one, but he was an amazing guy. And I really like being with him, right? Yeah, he just wasn't the right one for the me. The right I one. Think, cool. Yeah. Perfect. And what do we do with those 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 relationships when we have them? Because we know we want to be with them, but ultimately, if they're not the one, what like how do they fit into our lives? You know? Yeah, yeah. So this is one something that comes up a lot, and um, it really is something that's really important, I think, as well with the attachment to the idea of life partner. So every time we meet someone, we kind of move on to this like relationship escalator, which is like I'm going to meet you, and then we're going to start dating, and then we're going to get a house and get married and then have children right and it's like how like with everybody we meet can we create that kind of staircase to like no way like that is not like how it works it doesn't mean that that person that's come into your life doesn't have something to offer you right yeah and do you know what's funny about that too is that like so in your head you have this idea like oh I know I just want to be with someone that I really love but as soon as you get through that that all that exciting beginning phase the thought of being Mm. with one person that I have a house with and kids with and life with makes me feel so suffocated and miserable Mm. that I I immediately sabotage it it could be six years in Mm. it could be four years in whatever when I start feeling that like just emptiness so it's it's a weird thing it's like 
my in my brain I think I want this connection as soon as I get it I try and figure out how to get out of it mm. as I don't know I don't really know how to align myself in a healthy normal way yeah. to that thing and I think a lot of people don't mm. and a lot of people go through that phase and all of a sudden they you know they're like oh I know I found him he's perfect he's the one and then yeah six months later a year later like, well he fucking does this he's a cunt he's a, and then it's like well this is human beings we have mm. way too much expectation for that one person to be everything for us yeah but how do you deal with that? I like what you touched on just before is really interesting that women sit into two categories really in our lives. Either they're a threat or they're comp- competition. Mm. If you, they're a threat because you're with somebody and they could take them away or they're competition because they're taking the potential one away, mm. whatever it is. They, yeah. It's like, how do we have this symbiotic understanding yeah. of each other that we can all kind of cohabitate and not feel like you are going to take something from me or you need something of mine? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, like it doesn't actually matter even if that's your best friend in the whole world, your girlfriend that you've had for your whole life, unless you have the awareness around that, Mm -hmm. then that's still going to be in your space with her. So you're ultimately, you never truly feel safe Yeah, yeah. unless you can speak that stuff out. And most people don't have the tools to speak that stuff out loud. Mm -hmm. So really what I address with open relating is like, um, so open relating to me is like, how do we create transparent relationships um, that are serving for our growth? And that help us move through life comfortably, harmoniously. Yeah. And that can cut sharp in a lot of ways. And it, it's also about the fact that, you know, a lot of people talking about open relating is in like polyamory. Yeah. So polyamory is this idea that you can have a lot of different partners and be in love with all of them and have relationships with all of them. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we've got monogamy. And monogamy, when my grandparents did it, worked really well because they were living in a state of survival where like he actually, you know, her love and devotion to him was really simple because he was literally keeping her alive. Yeah, yeah. You know, like she couldn't have a job that made as much money as him and all that kind of stuff. So now we're on a few generations later, but we're still using a lot of the traditions that my grandparents gave us. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm saying like, how do we have a relationship in the new paradigm where actually to be in a healthy relationship in 2018, I need to provide for myself financially and like have a job and take care of myself. And also my partner needs to be able to do that too. That is how you have a healthy relationship in 2018, yeah. by being an autonomous being, not by depending on each other. And what happens when you have a baby and you can't do that? Yeah, no, you find that there's, that's how you create, like, it's okay to, like, have, like, using someone to um, help you create finances. I've got no problem with people, like, bringing their finances together. A lot of my message is all about pair bonding, and I believe that pair bonding is really important. Mm. But also, nowadays, women are raising children alone, and that is also possible. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of different help from governments and all these different things, especially we're very lucky living in Australia with everything that we can get access to here. So, Mm. yes, it is possible to raise a child alone, and yes, it's possible to share finance with someone. But that's Mm. all kind of like the the boring Mm. stuff. But how do we do this on everyday life? And that's what I'm really wanting to address. So... Like we said, you meet somebody and then you come and they fall into, are they my life partner? And what if someone was to come along and just be an amazing, great person that's not the, you know, the right guy for you? Mm-hmm. And how does that look? And what do we do with them? And how do we grow the relationship? And how do we um, you know, get to the point where, like, are we going to stop then him going off and connecting with other women and, like, hold, and he's not even allowed to maybe have friends with other women so, so that he can show up and be with you in the fullest version of himself? Even though you know that he's probably not the one. Yeah. See, Isn't that funny? It's, yeah. That's a fucked up thing when you're like, I need you to want me, but I don't necessarily want you. Yeah. That's awful, man. Well, we're trying to create safety for ourselves. It's not mm. like I can see why, why we're doing it. But my invitation is like getting to the point where you start to assess how that person shows up in your life. And they can be 
you know, I can have like beautiful long-term relationships with people that are not necessarily my life partner Mm -hmm. because I can see how they fit into my life and because I can have that kind of communication with them and I can ask for what I want and I have strong boundaries and, um, you know, I know how to be accountable to people so I don't just Mm -hmm. like, like screw them over and things like this. So this is like all the important things of like, how do we do that? So open relating then becomes less about like attaching yourself to either I'm polyamorous or monogamous. It starts to be like, um, maybe from the outside view, it looks more like polyamory or monogamy, but ultimately I'm creating my own framework. I'm creating my own script. Yeah. And that's what open relating is. It's like, how do you show up and create the relationship that you want? Because there's so much stopping you from doing that. And that's a lot of around society. Again, we kind of come back to that. So people from, you know, the media and things like that are all creating all these stories that like say that, you know, you must have a relationship like this and this is how you fit in. And this is, you need to, you need another partner so you can buy a house together because housing's so expensive and all these different things that we've created when actually, ultimately we see a lot of people doing it on their own nowadays. Mm. Yeah. So none of those things are true. And it's not even about like, um, you know, how poor or rich you are and things like that. It's not, we're not living in a state of survival anymore. We are in a state of thriving and we can create anything we want if we start to learn how to be with our emotions. So that's why, that's how self-pleasure really ties into how to show up in a relationship. And do you think that helps with the jealousy and stuff? Like if you understand, mm. like, cause I think that's probably the biggest thing. There's two things for me about it, which would be that, um, if yeah, feeling insecure that they're going to find that connection with somebody else, if they have the option to be able to have like intimate mm. relationships with somebody else, are they going to feel more connected to that person and mm. not want to come back to me mm. or two, um, how can I, let go with this person and give them all of mm. me if I know that they are likely going to go away and do it with somebody else or I'm going to be doing it with other people. Like I have a really hard time. I've had the option to do this a couple of times now and I have a really hard time wanting to have sex with the other person when I'm still thinking about the other one. Mm. Well, I would invite you to decide whether that is the conditioning that you have of what it means to be in a relationship and the monogamy stuff and what mm. it means and like you know maybe are you a slut if you're not connecting with your life partner those sort of questions come mm. through people's minds and then the other th- part of that is um why does it mean if you are connected to one person sexually that you can't be connected to another person and why does it have to be a competition between like one of them's got a stronger connection or one of them's better in bed or whatever these things are yeah. what would happen if we stopped realizing like let's look at it in another way like i have a friendship with you now mm. and this friendship is going to look a little bit different to maybe some woman that you meet tomorrow or any of your other friends in your life. Yeah. It doesn't ma- it doesn't mean that the friendship, just because you and I are bouncing off each other and having an amazing time today, I don't necessarily think, oh, well, she goes and hangs out with her other girlfriend that, you know, she's her connection's yeah, not as strong with me. Us. It does yeah. not diminish our relationship. Isn't that fucking crazy? I know, yeah. I think about that all the time. I've said this to my friends, like, well, just because I've got a good relationship with you doesn't mean that I don't like her any less. Mm. And why would that make any difference with a man? I, I don't yeah. know. Intellectually, I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. And I run that thought experiment all the time. But then in practice, mm. I actually do struggle a lot. Yeah. And I can't understand really where that divide is. But again, you're probably, mm. it probably goes back to those triggers again. Yeah. Partly the triggers and then there's the reptilian brain that we've got to take into account, right? (laughs) So the reptilian brain is our state of survival. Mm. So like it's ancient like biology that's like ingrained into us that we must connect to the alpha male and take him, you know, and then all the other women are a threat to me having my alpha male who's protecting me and my children, right? This Mm. is still very strong in us because it's hardwired over so many years. But like I said, the internet's here now. You know, you can have a job where you work from home. You don't even have to leave leave your bed where you maybe nurse your newborn, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. We've got all these possibilities now that we didn't have back then. 
So we're having we're in this really crazy st- like state of time where we're completely changing how the brain works. So mm. the rep- this is why a lot of people talk about you know um, well, we're going to go in deep now. So we've got like the reptilian brain, which is like this survival state, and it can be really fun to play in that brain, and it can be really fun to have that sort of. Um, it's almost like this taking energy. Like a lot of women feel sexually, they want to be taken by this like warrior energy, this yeah, alpha yeah. male energy. And they want to be taken, they want to be claimed, right? Because this is like part of the reptilian brain. Yeah. And it's like, how do you start? But then also these women want to be able to go off and have a job and go out for a night out with their friends and all these things that they want to do. Yeah. So they know ultimately that the energy that they want from sex, like in their sex center where they want to be claimed and, you know, taken by this man, they don't want that in every other area of their life. Right. This is where the mammalian brain kicks in. And this is what's what's so important. It's like, how do we integrate those those brains to fit into 2018? Yeah. So, because what we're doing is actually using the old paradigm of the traditions my grandparents taught us to, um, you know, show up in everyday life now. Whereas a lot of those traditions that they, they gave us, you know, like, you know, having that one person that you spend your whole life with, you meet them in school and then you get it right the first time and everything <laughs> else. And it doesn't matter if you're miserable and you're at each other's throats and all that. Like, we know that's not needed anymore. Yeah. yeah you know, totally. that's so not needed. And we don't have to, like keep the woman in the kitchen and the man goes out and wins the bread anymore to to create that so we really need to adjust mm, and create mm. what's going to work in 2018 yeah and it doesn't make sense to just adjust like your working schedules it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to just adjust that one thing it mm-hmm. does make sense to adjust it all across the whole board yeah. like if we are becoming more independent then that's right the whole rest of the conversation needs to be had too yeah exactly mm. how do you deal with jealousy so it's a lot about it's not something I really experience anymore, but when I, so because I think I've learned how to process my triggers so well and I can see what's coming up and mm. having that awareness of, of seeing what comes into my mind, like I can see what's what's playing out now before like I get so caught up in the rapture of jealousy. Yeah. So jealousy is like one of two things. It's either like jealousy is fear and then envy is sadness. Mm, so like okay. the root emotion of those are like fear and sadness. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So then you see like, right, ultimately like I have a, quite an open relationship with my partner he's my life partner we've been together like three years and he's um you know we probably will go on to have children together we have a dog together we've got the whole house and everything together mm. um and we can we connect with other people for the sakes of our growth and to because we know that you can't just receive all the learning that you need from one person and if that spills over into connecting sexually with someone then we allow that to happen too mm. but we're very in strong communication and anybody that connects with us is in strong communication with us as, as a couple and you know there's, there's a lot of safety involved in that and yeah. uh, managing you know the space and making sure that everyone feels respected and loved because that's really important to us and what's happening is when we're um when it's say if something comes up around jealousy is we just sort of observe it and we can see like for me jealousy doesn't come up that often anymore when my partner is connecting with other women because one, I've got a pretty strong sisterhood and I know how to relate to women really honestly now because I've dropped into this space of knowing my what's going on in my body and I know my vulnerability, yeah. which is what I'm teaching in the self-pleasure circle. And so, and then the second part of it is, um, hang on, I'm losing my words. So I'm creating this sisterhood with these women and then also it's not happening because I don't have fear, that's it. So mm-hmm. with, with, with my partner, Danny, I'm not fearful of losing him huh. because... I know that we've got such strong communication that he doesn't have to hide anything from me because he's not managing my emotions. Mm, mm. So if he knows he can come to me and say anything that's on his mind and we've created this, these amazing ways to communicate, then he's not, he's not going to hold things back from me because I'm going to 
like purge all my emotions onto him. Yeah. So yeah, ultimately yeah. that's what we're protecting when we're connecting with somebody. Like yeah. we're going to, we're, we're we don't want someone to purge all their emotions onto us, so we don't do it. And what we've created through our open relating paradigm that we've been creating together is like a way of if he's angry about something, it might be he's had a hard day at work or something, he comes home and he's angry, I then don't become the person that he just like purges all of his stuff onto. Yeah, yeah. So he's learned so we've created a way that he can learn how to allow his emotion to run through his body and I can hold space for that. And I can give him what he needs. Because he's not purging onto me. He doesn't come home and then it becomes about me and how I've done everything wrong. You know, yeah, like yeah, that, because yeah, that's yeah. what's happening yeah, well. in relationships, you know? Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And because you're dissatisfied with something, whatever it is, and then mm. immediately you don't feel connected to them. So then it's like, well, you fucking didn't wash the dishes and that's why I'm angry. And it's yeah. like, well, really? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. It's really sad to watch, man. I mm. hate watching it. I hate seeing. And luckily, like, because uh, it is kind of a breath of fresh air to not be in a relationship myself so that I can just observe from the outside. But I'm observing in everybody else around me the same shit that I saw in myself or felt myself anytime mm. I was with somebody and it's 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 refreshing because I'm seeing it from the outside like watching a movie but mm. it's so fucking sad to watch like people self-destructing against each other mm. all they want is to be close to each other and love each other and they're mm. doing exactly everything that's the opposite of that do you know why because <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to create yeah. <laughs> they're trying to create attachment mm. so what happens is um like our body starts to create these like chemical wirings and when we become addicted to that so we become addicted to this this feeling of not feeling like worthy yeah. of love, and it just starts to play out this pattern again in our head. So that's actually what's what's happened when people get in these loops of being mad at each other and you know destroying each other. Ultimately, is that they're stuck in this loop of their their body's addicted to the chemical rush of anger or sadness or whatever. Mm-hmm. And unless we create this piece around awareness where we can start to see before we drop into the trigger, then we're not going to escape that. And this is why you see a lot of couples like um, they. They know that they're toxic for each other, but they split up, but then they end up getting back together yeah. because they're, they're addicted to the emotion and their body is craving. Your body starts to crave it like a, like a heroin addict, you know, it starts to oh crave that, yeah. that emotion. So you get stuck in this loop of like, you create scenarios where you, um, you know, you feel all the fear that you are looking to feel and you feel all of the sadness you're looking to feel. This is how like, you know, we see like a lot of couples like pushing each other into other people's arms right yeah you know and this is what's happening because we're we're addicted to that feeling unless we feel it so we actually can't be happy unless we start to realize that there's that we are creating these lives and that we're addicted to those emotions yeah and this is actually um kind of takes me back to the self-pleasure um one of the the things that i have noticed with my self-pleasure and how it's affected women is that they've actually been able to escape the cycles of their lives like i don't know if you have this with your girlfriends but a lot of my girlfriends have the same cycles with men. Like every man they're with will cheat on them or every man they're with will disrespect them in a certain way. Like it just keeps happening. The same thing's happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. It happens with men too, but I see it. Obviously, I spend a lot more time working with women, so that's what's coming up. And it's like, how do I break away from this cycle? Like what am I doing wrong? Every man is like this. And there's those stories. It's like, and they because they're addicted to that emotional feeling of being abandoned or rejected or hurt or whatever happens. Why would they become addicted to it? Because it's not them in on an intellectual level that's becoming addicted, but the body starts to be addicted. Because mm. the receptors start to sit in a certain point in your body, and then the receptors start to to activate and want to feel that emotion. And and would you say like for some people that it's it's a sense of security because they know it's coming more or less like they've yeah, yeah, they've they got an idea it. that it's going to happen so it's mm. like this is actually home this is safe yeah yeah I'm used and, yeah. to this feeling and that's what you see with like people in domestic yeah. violence relationships and mm. things like that so um, what's happening with the self pleasure is we're learning to see that coming and create change 
And, you know, I've had a lot of clients that come to me with like mental illness and things like that and depression. And those are the same loops, the same addictions, like bipolar and all that kind of stuff. And what they now that they've found one, they get tools to how to deal with those emotions when they come up. And once they start to use that, that um, be with those tools in their self-pleasure practice and use this over a, a period of time, then they start to unravel those tools. So I've seen women come out the other side, get off medication, you know, get off of, um, you know, <laughs> oh it's God. pretty, it's pretty crazy because amazing. it is amazing. And it's like, I, I feel this is like what get, get drives me to do this. It's like, I'm seeing the change in people. And yeah, that like, was what I was going to yeah. ask you. So like, how do you know that what you're doing is working? And mm. I guess that's how. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've had people that have women that have had drinking problems and things like that have quit drinking completely and no, and now don't rely on that as a substance, like, you know, substance abuse and things like that. Mm. Drink drugs, um, anxiety tablets, this sort of thing. Like people are moving away from this stuff because they're finally being given the tools how to do it. Wow. And it's fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> Ultimately, fun. it's a fun way of doing it. No one wants to go to the doctors and have to go through all that, you know, yeah. and feel the stigma of what it means to feel like, you know, being put in a box and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm. you know, anxiety, depression, all these like illnesses are on a spectrum. Well, and again, they also are that safety box again. It's like, oh, no, I went to the doctor and they told me that I mm. fit in this box and these are the things that I have to do mm. for this box. And it becomes, again, just like another aspect of your personality. Mm. Oh, actually, I suffer from depression, so I can't do that. Or like, oh, actually, mm. it because it's just an easier way mm. than dealing with the emotion. When the emotion actually comes up and you have to process the fact that you don't feel great. Mm. And I'm not saying that anybody who's got depression is just like mm. using it as a crutch, not at all. But as mm. soon as you get that diagnosis it does tend to become an aspect of your personality and it's a lot harder to get rid of it by then because you've attached it to you as an aspect of who you are yeah you're speaking a lot of truth there and the other part of it is like you know like you said there is a need for us to create labels like depression and anxiety and things like that because you know it is terrifying to go through those things Mm. and and feel like you're crazy and you know when you do get that label you're like okay this is a thing it's not just it's not just me that's crazy it's like oh there's actually a thing that I'm suffering with so there's two sides to that coin of course like and this has been my journey is like not being polarized in any particular direction is actually because the only absolute truth is that there is no absolute truth (laughs) you know (laughs) fuck yeah exactly why is there words never spoken that is mm, exactly right mm. like the more anyone tries to tell you that they have the answer and this is the way this is the way it's bullshit and and pretty much the theme of everything that you've talked about this whole time is that it's all about going back to what your internal thing is and Mm. working that out for yourself that there isn't a path there isn't a prescription there's nothing Mm -hmm. that you can typically do have you heard about um hysteria yeah movie (laughs) no it was like um it was a disorder that happened i can't remember it was sort of victorian times yeah and they were using the vibrators on the women yeah Yeah, yeah. how cute is that like it's so funny Mm. to me and what you've done now is just basically turned this external uh, and i'll for anyone that doesn't know about this, I don't know much about it myself, but basically um, it was in the Victorian times when like a woman was only allowed to have sex with her husband if they were going to make a baby. And other than that, they weren't allowed to touch each other. They didn't sleep with each other, nothing. And these women were coming down with this thing that they de- they decided to call hysteria. And it was like anxiety, depression, just like mania sometimes. They were just fucked. These women were just totally miserable. So they'd go to the doctor and one doctor figured out that if he just made them come they were fine and they'd go away and they'd be fine. So then all of a sudden all these women were just flooding into doctor's offices to basically have an orgasm and then go their own way again. 
But again, it was this externalization. It was all they yeah. needed was to, you know, come to terms with themselves and let that sexual energy out. But they didn't know how to do that, so yeah. they were letting a man tell them what totally. to do. And actually, this is when vibrators were invented. Oh, funny, so, right? Really? Yeah, because the doctors were getting cramp. You know, like they had to <laughs> manually stimulate these women, and they had like you know hundreds of women coming to them every oh, week. So then they were like, "What? Do I need to invent something. I need a vibrator or something so that they can just get them off." You know, and this is when the vibrator <laughs> came about. That's so funny. So, yeah, that's, it is interesting. And that's actually one of the things that I'm kind of talking about the self-pleasure circle is that with um, the way that the women at nowadays, vibrators are so commonplace, um, that's kind of what's happening. We're using a vibrator just to bypass all the emotions, hold our breath, have that five-minute masturbation. And so when people come to my circle, they're like, what, 30 minutes of self-pleasure? I'm like, well, actually, that's nothing yeah. if you're really learning to waken up your body. But because we, we, we get so... Um, goal orientated and pleasure orientated in our in our practice that we're just gunning for that thing Fuck. and that's when we start to think we're broken is when we're like we're like oh no you know it's just not happening how it used to it's because we're actually numbing ourselves out with vibrators and things like that mm. and I'm not anti-vibrators either like I'm saying but it's about how to um how to use that vibrator in a way that just stimulates your arousal rather than like just numbs you out completely mm. so mm. I talk a little bit about that in the self-pleasure circle as well Wow, mm. man. Mm. Yeah, I've never really liked using vibrators. I've never, I've attempted mm. a couple times, um, but I don't like the coldness of it. I, mm. I like, like, I really, the, everything about sex to me is, I want to feel closer to somebody else. Yeah, it's and, about connection. Yeah, it's always about connection. Everything in my life, in fact, is about connection. Anytime yeah. that I feel lonely, lost, scared, confused, I know that I'm not connected to myself or what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. and, and similar to what we were talking about right at the very start too, is that if I feel like uh, I'm doing something for an end or mm -hmm. for an alternate purpose or if I need to be cool or I need to be impressive, I get into this like yucky off track mm -hmm. and I don't feel connected to the thing I'm doing. And it comes across in the artwork I'm doing, in the podcast, whatever it is. Like, I'm not connected. I'm not focused. I'm not paying attention to what I'm mm. saying because I'm too busy trying to be somebody. Mm. And then everything falls apart. And I felt that in my life. The only times I've ever had trouble with substances or with alcohol or whatever is always because I lost track of that connection. Mm. So I just completely numb myself yeah. as much as I can. And so what I've been realizing, that where my disappointment comes in with my sexual relationships is that I want to feel deeper connected to other people and I am likely the main culprit but I something gets in the way of that them when I start feeling like that I really like someone I want to get close to them and take it to that next step something shuts down inside me that vulnerability whatever it is something will stop me from getting closer to them and then immediately I just want to push them away I want it to be done because it hurts it's scary I don't know what the fuck but um, the whole point of me having sex with another person is to get as close as I can to them and if that doesn't work, then I don't see the point. And so this is why I think I've never really masturbated or never cared and definitely can't use any kind of like toys or whatever because I don't feel any kind of connection to something like yeah. that. And certainly not mm -hmm. to myself as we've yeah. discovered. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the other things that um, I've seen come out of the self-pleasure circle is like this connection mm -hmm. to um, the creativity. Because your sexual energy, especially if we're talking chakras, like the sexual chakra is the same as the creativity chakra. Right. So what's happening and what I've been learning is that when women are c can connect to their womb space, um, they it cr it's like this subtleness of really allowing their creativity to flow out of you. Wow. So, yeah, one of the things I've seen is like it sort of helps you connect to yourself and helps you connect to your creativity. 
We, yeah. So, oh, I mean and then this is how also we start to realize what we're supposed to be doing because the creativity is what we're, you know, we're supposed to bring to this, to this life. Right. Yeah, man. I mm. feel like that. I feel like the one thing that makes us different than any other animals that have existed here is that little spark of creativity. It's mm. like this world of potentiality. I like to imagine it that we have this kind of tether that connects us to potentiality the same reason why we love babies and puppies Mm. and meeting a new person is that we're not addicted to the person or not that sensation of that person Mm. we're addicted to that feeling of the potentiality that they can create Mm. like as soon as you meet somebody that you like a little bit it projects out into this like world of possibilities it's the same reason we love dreams or psychedelics Mm. is that it it just creates this kind of like opens a window to Mm. infinite possibility and we just get that tiny little feeling of infinite potential Mm -hmm. and then it closes back down and you've got life again and that thing happens and my entire life is now dedicated to figuring out how I can feel that thing in everything I do <laughs> yeah and I would say that's connecting to your womb space wow yeah that's funny I would have never called it my womb space because mm-hmm. I've always given it this external like masculine the creative force mm-hmm. thing that thing out there outside yeah. of me I've always imagined that it's something outside of there that I have mm-hmm. to get to rather than just connecting to me. Yeah. Well, ultimately, like, your womb is in connection to the cosmic womb, right? Mm. And this is how when women have children, they call... We don't just create another version of, you know, me and my partner. We're calling in, like, something from, you know, from the cosmic womb into our own womb. So we're actually bringing something in there that is something that's not part of us, right? Like, I'm nothing like my parents. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways. Like, my spirit is very different. Of course, I've got their genetics, but there's a part of my soul... That is very different, and that's uh-huh. the uniqueness. And actually, that's what I, how I see the womb, and this is what I kind of get women connected to to bring through their creativity. Is this space of um, like the womb is so subtle. If you place your hands on it, you can't really. It takes a while to really feel into what's happening there. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin. As it? soon as I touch myself, I go, "Oh, I'm too fat again." <laughs> that's literally the main thing that mm. happens. Yeah. So how do we drop all those voices and drop into the the subtlety mm. of what's happening in the womb? And I also use the analogy like womb is like like walking into nature, right? You walk into nature and it's completely silent and it feels like nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden you're in this meditative state as nature seems to create for us. And then when you drop in, you're like, wow, this whole place is alive of Mm -hmm. endless possibility and things are growing and changing ecstatically all the time. So it's like, how do we connect to that ecstatic current that is moving through us all the time? Fuck, I've never even considered it, man. (laughs) That's so cool. And I... I just the idea that you would be taking something physical, t- taking something that's that magical and insane that we can't even begin to understand the creation of a life, mm. and that we make that inside here. Yeah. Shit, man, that is the <laughs> ultimate creative force. It really yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. And if our sexual energy has the ability to create human life, then why did we not think that our sexual energy can get us out of all of our own way so that we can actually bring through what we're supposed to bring through. Yeah. So if you have like a couple recommendations, obviously going to one of your pleasure circles would be mm-hmm. probably the smartest thing that anyone yeah. could do. I'm going to do it now. I'm Ooh, definitely going to do it. Now that we've had this conversation, <laughs> I'm absolutely going to do it. Yeah. Um, but besides that, like just, do you have any kind of like good tips for people that want to get started on this and try and figure out just even like figuring out that, I mean, just that conversation right then, all of a sudden I was like, I need to go be with my womb space. Yeah. Well, that's, (laughs) that's a pretty good one. It's like, 
I guess really the take home that I'd like to take is this other than just going, coming to the circle or doing the online program, which I'll discuss in a minute is like go and set half an hour on your phone timer. I'll send a playlist. Maybe we can put it in the comments of this podcast or Mm. something. Um, Tune into a half hour playlist, whatever music you're into and just allow yourself to, to touch every part of your body, not just go to your genitals, but like sit with yourself and see what emotions are alive in your body start to like move through through those emotions use your breath sound and movement and like almost like dance into your into your pleasure um pleasure practice so like touching your arms touching your legs using soft touch using rough touch whatever it is and just start to experiment with your body and see what you're reacting to Hmm. and seeing what's actually alive there if you're allowed and at some point what's going to happen is the thoughts are just going to drop off yeah as you're in you're in flow and you start to move in that way and this is, goes for men and for women. Like this is a, this is like an encouragement for both of them. And yeah, I mean, this is one of the, it's one of those things I've I've found with the self pleasure is like once women are able to connect to it and see what it feels like in in circle, it feels easier. Yeah. But I have created an online program now as well for for people to, you know, have that that in home experience and learn how to be with their emotions and use all those different tools. Okay. But that would be my recommendation is like sit with that womb space, sit with your emotional state, sit with your sexual state. Like also maybe journaling about the beliefs you have around sexuality and see what you might want to let go in that. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever had MDMA? Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that the place that you get to while you're doing these pleasure circles is kind of comparable to that feeling that you get mm. with MDMA? Ah, <sighs> It's like the parts of MDMA that are like blissful and euphoric, but not that part of MDMA that's just like, oh, I need to get out of here. I yeah, need to dance. Yeah. I need to move. I need to be like, it's not the, it's like all the bliss and all the euphoria without the uh, chaotic, crazy energy. Yeah. Mm. Cause I, well, I think that's a lot of, to do with the brain chemicals. Cause obviously that, that's a feeling you get with the speed with crack and yeah, cocaine. So it's not like crack or speed, but yeah, it's probably more like the MDMA. <laughs> yeah. Cause I know that feeling that, you know, you get that need feeling like, oh, I just need, I just need to get a bit more. Like when I, when I have Coke and I definitely don't do Coke anymore. That's a long, long one away that I just probably never want to put back inside my body, but <laughs> it, it just, I'm done with it. But, um, Cause I always feel like I'm, it's not, I don't do Coke that night. I'm on the Coke train all night. Mm. It's like, as soon as you get on, you're fucking chasing it all night long. And that's Mm. just what your night becomes. But with MDMA, I've actually like come up. I, and it's usually, it's actually just come from reading about it from, there's a group called MAPS. They're the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. Mm -hmm. And they're this big group of people that are trying to get, um, MDMA into psychotherapy to help people get, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. They're making big leaps with this. They're mm. going to probably have it as a as a licensed treatment by 2020. That's their plan. Wow, that's cool. Fucking awesome. It's mm. so cool. And the reason why I mention it is because I've had um, because I know that this is a possibility, and I've read about the way that they're doing this this therapy. I've kind of seen like, okay, maybe this is something I can do a little bit more therapeutically rather than just like taking mm. drugs to be out get rid of my shame about being out in the world because that's how I used to do it mm. um now having it with a real sense of awareness inside mm. my head and listening to what's happening being a little bit more present because it does one thing about MDMA in particular especially if it's clean is it sort of brings up whatever emotions you've got going on good or bad but really makes you feel 
Yeah. Like all of a sudden you stop, you know, just experiencing life the normal analytical way we do and really just pushes things out through yeah. your body. And, um, so I think like having that sensation, it's not necessarily a good or bad feeling. And mm. a lot of times I think that feeling to like dance and need it, that comes from the chemical impulse. That's just yeah. this huge surge of dopamine that we're not quite mm. ready to deal with. But when you kind of sit down with it and you don't uh, don't run away yeah. and sit mm. and listen. I've done it with acid too, like smaller doses of acid where you just kind of sit there, yeah. listen to music and <laughs> lay inside your body. Feel what it feels like to have your um, blood pumping through yeah. your veins. You know, like I was going to say that I feel like it's more like acid than, yeah. than MDMA because, you know, the visions and things that come through of like what you're supposed to do with your life and mm. what it's like, cause you're completely in tune with everything that you are on a soul level, you know? Wow. So like when you can, that's, that's what sex is about. It's like, how do we get to source, you know? And this is why people become so obsessed mm. with sex because they're looking for God or source or whatever you want to call it. That part of us, that inner knowing. Yeah. And once you get in touch with your inner knowing, all of a sudden you come out, your self pleasure, like, I gotta quit. I gotta quit this, and I gotta go on this path, and you know, gotta go to India. Yeah. You know, like whatever it is, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing is is coming through because it's like you're completely in touch with yourself, and wow. it's not like you. Not it's not gonna happen that you're gonna like do the self pleasure on the first time, and then all of a sudden you're like changing life dramatically. Although that could happen, but I think what's happening is it's, it's like almost a, it's a devotional practice. Yeah, these wow. things don't happen overnight. It's like meditation. You know, you don't just start you don't just drop in and you all of a sudden, you know, level 10 meditator, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a process. Well, and that's kind of the nice thing about these kind of psychedelic drugs mm. is that they give you that taste of mm. what you, your potential could be that that's inside mm. all of us. You don't yeah. need the drugs to get you there at yeah. all. It just mm. kind of shows you what's possible. Mm. And that's why I kind of, I was curious to ask because so much of what you're describing has felt like what it felt like for me, like on mm. a small acid trip, not the kind of acid trip that makes you feel like you're losing your mind. And that's yeah. what great sex does, right? Yeah, man. And that's <laughs> so, a good point. Like it does, does actually genuinely feel like that and that's the feeling you're looking for mm. it's just that like I like to describe it when I if I'm having sex with someone and I look at them um and then all of a sudden I see that they're not them anymore mm. yeah they become like the animal version yeah. of themselves there's something mm. so fucking beautiful and amazing mm. about that yeah. that because I don't like any pretense and I really struggle if somebody's like mm. looking at me and you know like playing mm. playing the role which is funny because mm. I'm probably mm. doing it so bad back to them because mm. I'm sitting there being like oh be sexy be sexy be mm. sexy yeah. and but when you are that connected and you look at them and they're just not even there they're not a human mm. anymore they're just a body mm. god it's amazing yeah and it's like how do we drop into that space of soul and really Mm. really bring that through and you know i was actually just thinking if we are going to compare it to drugs it's a bit more like that limitless drug you know on that movie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it gotcha. just like helps you get into all your potential mm. that's the p- purpose of it so whatever your potential is to bring through how like getting out of your own way that's what that limitless drug you know it's yeah. fiction but that's what it was supposed to do and that's actually huh. if i'm going to relate it to anything that's how i would describe it yeah. so it's like yeah just coming back to coming back to self basically it's that journey back Wow. Well, fuck, we all need it, man, big time. Mm. I'm excited now. I really yeah. can't wait to go and do this. I'm glad I talked to you about it. I was hoping that I could go and do one of your self-pleasure mm. circles before we did the podcast so mm. we could talk about it, but I'm actually really glad that I didn't so mm. that anybody now listening can kind of get yeah. a feel for it. And mm. now I will go and do this, so I'll yeah. report back to you guys on say, how it goes. We could do a part two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's do a part two. We'll yeah. do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, thank you so much for coming mm. to do this. And um, if anyone wants to find you, how do they find you? Um, so if anyone is interested in the message around self-pleasure, um, well, all of it's on tantricwitch.com. Okay. So um, on there, I've got 
parts about the open relating stuff, which we briefly covered. And then we did about the self-pleasure and things like that. So all of it's on there. I've got my blog on Tumblr, which all is accessible through the website. So check it out on there. Cool, man. Awesome. Mm. And I've just got your book on open relating. So that, especially when we do a part Mm. two, again, I will hopefully have time to read that book and Mm. we'll talk about that a little bit more because I absolutely think that this would save a lot of people Mm. a lot of strife to figure out how to do that better. Yeah, I'd love to do. I feel like this podcast is more on like the relationship to self and I would love to talk more on the external relationships because the gesture is important. Yeah, man. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) 